0: Welcome to Multiple Revenue Streams, the podcast for anyone who wants to start a side hustle, business owners who wish to expand, entrepreneurs who build brands, and moms who build empires. I'm your host, Linda Payan, and I'm here to encourage you to keep going, do the little things every day, and start building a revenue stream that you are proud of. Please sit back, relax, grab your sparkling water, and let's find it. Good afternoon. We have Crystal McGuire with us, who is a former Army captain and currently president of Wind Supply Frederick. She has many accolades. I'm going to give you a couple. One is she was the top 50 under 40, and she's also received many Awards from the Frederick County Building Industry Association with awards of excellence, and there's many more listed, and we will put them in the show notes, along with all of her information. Welcome, Crystal. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Well, I thought what we could do is share with us a little bit about your background, like where you're from, what brought you to Frederick.
1: Okay. Well. It's a very long story. I'm going to try to condense it. (laughs) I grew up in this teeny tiny town in Alabama, kind of near Talladega, you know, Ricky Bobby. It's almost just like that, like, like the movie Talladega Nights. (laughs) (laughs) every everything is really small town and everybody knows everybody and for some reason i just felt like i didn't ever fit in i always felt like that no matter where i was and i didn't realize that it wasn't the town it wasn't alabama and and it wasn't a school it wasn't that it wasn't a community it was me right (laughs) it's something that you take with you uh i went to college went off to college The first chance I got, I just moved to Hawaii on a whim. And, you know, I had my bachelor's degree, I had my master's degree, and I was struggling in Hawaii for a couple of years. And I was like, okay, I'm... Here I am. I also don't fit in in Hawaii and I have all this education and I have like almost no experience because you just graduated college student. You don't have any experience, but I needed a job and I needed health insurance and I needed stability and consistency. And I wanted to buy a house, not just live from week to week, month to month, just wondering, Oh, how am I ever going to have all these things? So I did what any rational person would do. And I joined the military.
0: (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's quite extreme, isn't it? <laughs> it? It was,
1: it was really extreme, especially for me because I was the awkward child. I was the one who, if you throw a ball at me today, like it's very awkward and <laughs> kind of crazy. So it was never athletic and never played any sports or anything like that. Joining the military for me was completely out of my comfort zone. And I thought in order to survive in this world, everything that I've been doing up to this point, I, it has been safe and has been like, okay, I'm good at this. So let's go forward with this. Okay, I'm I'm good at sociology. So let's go forward with this. I really, I'm good at traveling. So let me, let me get on board with that. That's not working. That's not making me any money. That's not changing my life. That's not changing my situation. So let me do something that is so outside of what I think that I'm capable of and see what happens. The worst thing possible is I could fail. So what? So I joined the army of all things. And at the ripe old age of 29, I was 29. So here I am in basic training with these 17, 18 year olds who are kind of crying because they miss their moms and they've never been away from home. And it's scary. I mean, it
0: is scary. Now, what is the age? Were you kind of on the border for I was... For <laughs> yes. being able to join the community? Yes.
1: So for active duty, you have until your 30th birthday to be boots on ground. So I was 29th birthday. I was like, let me go ahead. (laughs) knock quick. Yeah. And my theory was. if the military is not for me and at, when I went in, that was kind of the the concept is it, even if the military is not for me and it, it probably won't be then, you know, my background was in criminology or criminal justice. So I was like, I've, I could then start a career in, in, on the police force or something like that and do, and I will have that experience and that background that they're looking for and to be competitive with other people. That was my whole thinking and I'm glad I did it. And it was wild. It was crazy. I'm like, people are crying to go home and I'm crying because I'm laughing at the fact that I'm getting paid to like lay in a hole or (laughs) I'm getting paid to, you know, sit for hours in this one spot and wait on something. (laughs) Right. That's a lot. That's, that's 90% of like basic training is sitting and waiting.
0: It's perspective, (laughs) perspective compared to what you were doing before.
1: Exactly. So fast forward, I met my husband in the army as well, and we started a family and my whole dream was to have a career, have a family and have a house and have that financial stability to be able to have those things and provide for my family. And I just couldn't see how to get there before the military. And then once I was in the military, we ran into this roadblock of like, I have this baby who's taking us first steps and I'm not there. We leave at five 30 in the morning and we don't pick him up until like six o'clock or something in the evening. So like we're missing everything. So it got really hard and my husband decided that he wanted to get out. We'd done everything together. So I was just like, okay, let's do this. Let's get out together. And we started from scratch. We got out the same day and- Oh wow. That's-
0: No, genius.
1: So we got out the same day, scheduled everything to be able to be on leave and and have the same exit date and everything, and started this new chapter together, which is also terrifying. Terrifying. But luckily, I found um, Wind Supply, which is a national organization that it's a building. It's in the building industry. It's the they provide building supplies, and a lot of them are plumbing supplies or HVAC. But the cool thing is that they were really attracted to junior military officers who were getting out because you already have that leadership and you already have that grit kind of thing to kind of tough it out as an entrepreneur. And they could teach you the rest. I mean, they could teach you about inventory. They can teach you about sales. They can teach you about financials. And so leadership and that grit part was hard for them to come by. So they started targeting the military officers. And I was the first female through the program. Oh, that's impressive. I don't know about that. Again, I just needed a job (laughs) with health insurance. (laughs) Yeah, at the time, you don't think about that kind of stuff. At the time, you're just like, all right, which joker do I have to beat out for this position? All right, let's size them up, you
0: know? (laughs) Exactly. And so was Frederick the only location that was available to you?
1: So what happens is you go into the program and you train under a mentor, which is phenomenal because... In life, as you know, you probably don't get very many mentors, but I was lucky enough to have this awesome mentor. I got really comfortable in my training location. And then whenever an opportunity arises, and it may be anywhere in the nation, you get to choose if okay. if you want to go there. So you can't just say, I want to move to Las Vegas, because Las Vegas is awesome. If the opportunity is not there, then it's not there. So you have to wait for the right time and the right place. The opportunity came up for Frederick. I had never been to Maryland before. I didn't know anybody from maryland i really didn't know where maryland was on a map to be honest with you (laughs) i kind of got the general idea but i probably couldn't draw it for sure (laughs) they flew me out and i landed in baltimore and drove into frederick and here I am. Okay. By the way, I'm pregnant at this time too, like six months pregnant and it's May and I left Texas, right? This is my fifth, my fifth year in Texas, my fifth summer in Texas.
0: Now, are you pregnant with your first child?
1: Second. Pregnant. Oh, second. Second. Okay. Yeah. So it's pregnant with my second child. And this is my second pregnancy in Texas. This is my fifth summer in Texas. I'm leaving like 107 degree weather. And I land in Baltimore and it's like 87. I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I take a tour of downtown Frederick. I just walk around downtown and call my husband. And I was like, this is it. I haven't even seen the location yet. This is it. We're moving. Found it. This is eating ice cream on the creek, listening to live music. Apparently <laughs> this is how life is here. We're moving here.
0: Very quaint little city.
1: It is. Yeah. So I fell in love with the place first and then made the opportunity happen. I love that. Forced it sometimes, often,
0: a lot of, almost every day. (laughs) And so how long have you been in Frederick then? Five years, five, five and a half years. So you shared a little bit of, you know, why you started at Wind Supply. Why don't you share why you're staying there and what you have built? Okay. That's two questions. So let's start with, What you have built over the last five years with wind supply. Okay. So
1: what I've built over the last four years with wind supply, five years with wind supply. So when I got here, there was no wind supply Frederick. When I got here, there was just Noland. I worked with the Noland president here to basically the plan was to buy out their electrical department and spin it off into a separate company. That was not always easy. It's still every day is, is not always easy because you have two businesses, independent businesses, and we might be sister companies. We might you know, have the same headquarters and we might have some of the same mentors, but we're we're still very different. It took a year, but we finally in uh, 2018, September of 2018, we opened our doors. I started out with so Nolan had a couple of guys running their electrical department. And here I am, like I'm out of the military. I have no background in supply chain really. I have no background at all in electrical supplies. I have no background in running a company. I know how to lead. I know I know how to like run a team but I I, like the other stuff was completely brand new to me but luckily these guys had I say they come with they came with a building because they each have probably 20 or 30 years but each it it, is your team
0: your team you mean the guys the guys that came with you to build this business yeah they were they were there they knew their the, your customers, at least the ones that you had initially, and yes. they do the, the the processes.
1: Yes, so they okay. were running the electrical. They were the electrical department of Nolan. Got so it. whenever I bought out that department, I was buying. I was bringing them along. I was buying the book of business that they had built and their processes that they had built. So we started out with just us three, and we hired a warehouse guy and we hired a driver, and that was it. Our First full year of business, we were profitable, and this, mind you, this is all electrical supply sales. So these are all electricians, contractors, and whatnot that we're doing. Mostly multifamily
0: jobs that we're doing. We were profitable. Were you quoting jobs yep. to like whether like for the town if they had a job come up? Did you, did you quote things like that? Were you selling directly to electrical contractors?
1: So the way that it works is that um, most towns are are used in contract their electrical contractors and the contractors then provide the material. Some towns like, for example, town of Thermont, for example, they have their own account as well. So they buy some of the stuff themselves, the products themselves. Okay. But yes. And yes. Yeah. First full year, I think we did 5.5 million in sales. We were blown away at what we had done. No one expected us to to even come close to that. And, and TEP have made money doing it. And it has been horrifyingly scary every year if we were gonna profitable since then, you know, it's worked out. Very um, impressive. And then in 20, so things are trucking along. And then um in 2020, because our full, first full year was you know 2019. So uh come along 2020, obviously everything shuts down and you know our contractors would have to shut down sometimes because you know someone had COVID. The job sites would shut down because if the painters, one of the painters has COVID, this job with hundreds of employees and different contractees, you know, the whole thing would have to shut down. So we kind of didn't know what to do there for a while, but we figured it out. Obviously, we we got our things rolling most of what we do was jobs and storing and delivering material. So it's not a whole lot of us being one-on-one in front of different people every day at that point anyway. And what I found was a lot of the lighting manufacturers, instead of doing this big lighting convention every year, because nobody was getting together where you know thousands of people come to this one location in, in Texas to look at all this different lighting, they couldn't do that. So they took the money that they were going to use for that, put it towards showroom, showroom displays. And they were like, okay, well, we'll give you these fixtures if you just install them and show them. And I mean, for me, I was like, I mean, I could use a fixture here and there. Maybe I'll be able to sell one of these things. And so we started with that. And then we were like, you know what, maybe we should get a website or something to show some lights on it. We moved from there and I got one builder, one builder to, to give me a chance. One, one here. That was
0: really strategic. Did you, do you, so just I'll interrupt the story here and then you can go on. Are there other lighting showrooms in the Frederick vicinity?
1: There are. So there's only one lighting showroom in the Frederick vicinity that I know of that is completely and totally retail. I think builders and contractors can go there and shop there, but it's just like if you walked into a department store, right? You don't get any special deals because you're a contractor. That's what it
0: is. It's just for the public retail prices. only.
1: What I was finding out is that builders hated lighting, And I found out that electricians hated dealing with lighting because you and me, we don't have the same taste and we don't have the same house. So the fixture that I need and want is not the same as the fixture that you need and want. And plus, you know, maybe you look at Pinterest a lot more and I don't really care, you know, what goes up. Right. Or, you like really glammy things. And I like really, you know, restoration looking things. There's just so much difference in the styles that the builders were like, I don't want to do deal- this. This is, this is a hassle. Like they're already having to pick out the flooring and the hardware, the countertops and tile and paint and floor, like everything, carpets and e- all that stuff. Like I, this is one less thing. Cause there's thousands of fixtures, thousands and thousands of fixtures, so what I was doing was I was solving a problem for the builders and solving a problem for the electricians and building that book of business with them and treating their, what, what I found was helpful is that, yes, I can give you a, a, a package for people who just want A, B, C, and D and just pick one of those, or I can work one-on-one with the custom, like and do a whole house in you know every different, if you want a different picture in every room and none of them match different theme in every room i can do that whereas that was the builder's worst nightmare right <laughs> i was solving that for them and and um building that relationship with them taking care of their clients and treating their clients as though you know i'm working with the most important person in the world because to me that builder is the most important person in the world was kind of a big deal for
0: them i'm sure they loved it too because of your expertise you know not only are you helping them with the st- with the styles that they need, but also the, de- the size and dimension based on That's their room size. That's the
1: hard part, especially when you're building a house, you know, say you have a smaller house now and you're building, you know, a huge or a, a house that has a way bigger kitchen than what you currently have. You have no visual concept of what it's going to look like as a typical homeowner. You don't know what size fixture. So I was finding a lot of people would have a Pinterest board and they would just order things on Wayfair or Bill.com or Amazon or whatever. And they would be just totally the wrong size and it would look weird and they were really unhappy with it, which is fine because they can just send it back. But when you do every room like that or something gets broken, it's just such a hassle that it's nice to be able to have someone say, whoa, 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 that's a very, that's a smaller room. This fixture is quite large and is, you know, maybe for a foyer, year, not right. a dining room table. It's easier to have someone that has that kind of expertise.
0: I love that. That's fantastic. So let's just talk multi-revenue streams here within Wint Supply. Tell us who your clients are and how different they are from one another.
1: Sure. So when we got started, we had like a handful of really large customers. We had the customers that did the multifamily builds. We had the customers that did commercial building, like the electrical for commercial buildings. And we had customers who did residential, but they did the residential for big builders. So they would buy a large amount of what we call stock, things that we put on the shelf. So here we have special order stuff. We have some commercial stuff and we have some residential stock stuff. Just the type of inventory was hard to kind of wrap my brain around to begin with. Um, You get okay with it though. But what I learned is because we had that residential part already, we were already doing that part. And because we had that multifamily where you have to special order a lot of different things, we knew how to do that. We had those processes in place already. So it wasn't scary. So that taking that leap then to being able to say, okay, I can work with these small, smaller custom home builders, right? And I can work with their clients and I can provide them with something because I already have the processes in in place and I already know how to do it. I already have all the the stock and supplies to be able to do the basics. All it is now is working on the sales part to be able to provide the custom home builders with what they need specifically. And what they needed was a place for their homeowners to come and see and touch and, and talk, basically. The first few ones I did, I did via Zoom. And online, and then I had people come into my office and look at catalogs and things like that. So we kind of built it around that. So we we have that side now where we're doing the multi-family special order jobs, and we have the stock and flow. So electricians are coming into the counter, and and we have the homeowners that are being referred to us, but also word of mouth. We started getting out that we had a showroom, and just retail customers also started coming in, and we were able to work it a little bit differently too because having inventory that's a that's a huge expenditure having special order inventory is a beast in and of itself, because it's not your regular stock. And you can't like you have to package it, you have to protect it and make sure that nothing happens to it. Because if it's special ordered, and it takes like months to be handmade somewhere in Europe or something like that, and it gets broken in my warehouse, that's a problem, right? It's going to take us much a huge problem. Time. So you have to be able to solve those problems as well. Sometimes I feel like I'm running at least two different businesses, and sometimes three different businesses, because I've got the homeowner discussion, I've got the electrician discussion at the counter, and I've got the discussion with the major builders, the, the bigger electrical contractors as well. It
0: sounds like you have like a boutique lighting experience, yes. like a boutique lighting concept experience. within, within a huge area where you're selling to the large contractors.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that kind of makes us a little bit different too, is we were already storing this material that was special order. Like, like I said, months, sometimes, coming special order from Europe, it would get here, it would sit here, we'd package it, and we would store it and we would keep it until the job site was ready. What I learned is that especially during 2020, 2021, when everything kind of just stopped, it was, I don't know if you've ordered an appliance or furniture in the past couple of years, but it's a stinking nightmare. (laughs) <laughs> you're and it took be, months, months you're and gonna, months, oh, right? Yeah, months and months and months for sure. Like we have some stuff that, that was ordered and it was over a year before.
0: As an example, over a year ago, I ordered new washing machine. I had to get a washer and dryer because mine broke. I got them right away only because they told us something interesting and they said that the manufacturer was not making any new models because of COVID. They they had this in stock because they didn't want to stress with getting parts and everything like that. So that was interesting to me. So we got yeah. it right away. But this was like a year ago, which is yeah. over over that threshold. Yeah.
1: And it, it makes sense. So what we were doing is that for a home to be built, say, for example, a home takes a year to be built, a custom home, roughly a year to be built. People would come and pick out their light fixtures months in advance. I'd go ahead and order them. I don't know if you noticed, but the price of everything just totally like went bananas. skyrocketed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was insane. So what I was doing is I was going ahead as soon as they picked out their fixtures, I was going ahead and ordering. So their price was locked in. My price, I you know, they paid me, I paid the vendor. I brought it in, put it on my shelf, wrapped that thing up and put it, it sat there and it waited until the job site was ready. So they didn't have to pay more for the light fixtures. They didn't have to wait months and months and months. They would have waited and went to Lowe's or Home Depot. They would have paid triple of what they had to pay. For So
0: that's a great customer experience as well. Yeah.
1: And And the other thing was we have everything all together. I was able to get their dining room fixture, all of the, like for every room of the house is together. They're not waiting months on just one, one thing. And what we do is we label every one of them. We label them with whatever the customer wants them to be called. This is the dining room. This is Bob's room. This is Stuart's room. We put the light bulbs with them. So if you want, I want color changing light bulbs in that one. I want one that will work on my app with that one. I want completely white ones with this one. And I want a nice soothing color with this one.
0: And now a word from our sponsor. Wind Supply of Frederick, the way shopping for lighting should be. Are you stressed out trying to figure out which light fixtures to choose for your new or renovated space? Do you wish you had a lighting expert at your fingertips? Wind Supply of Frederick offers a boutique one-on-one lighting experience, either in person or online. So no matter where you live in the United States, they will work with you to ensure you get exactly what you need. When you think lighting, think Wind Supply of Frederick, loved by homeowners, trusted by contractors. Call Wind Supply of Frederick at 301 682 or visit them online with code MRS at lighting.windsupplyoffrederick.com. That's code MRS at lighting.windsupplyoffrederick.com. Now back to the podcast.
1: Whatever the customer wants them to be called. This is the dining room. This is Bob's room. This is Stuart's room. We put the light bulbs with them. So if you want, I want color changing light bulbs in that one. I want one that I work on my app with that one. I want completely white ones with this one. And I want a nice soothing color with this one. Whatever those are, they have the labels on them. So when the electrician goes in to install them, there's no question, this goes in this room and these are the bulbs that go with it.
0: That's another bonus because I know when my parents moved, I helped them pick out all their lighting. They came with this, the generic Mm bulb, which were yellow. And who wants that anymore? It's been fun. It's been exciting. It's been a learning curve. A major learning curve. I feel like, I think 2020, 2021 gave everybody a learning curve on top of what they were learning. (laughs) Exactly. So after all these years, what is your favorite productivity hack for entrepreneurs as yourself?
1: I've tried so many. And I think my problem is that discipline of hilariously, it's discipline coming from a veteran, right? Productivity for me is it started out as me just writing on a piece of paper, everything that I thought needed to happen in that day. Then I would go back and I would write a one by the things that had to happen that day and had to be done by me. And then I went back and I wrote a two By the things that had to happen in that day, but didn't have to be done by me. And then I did a three in, you know, and so on and so forth, right? So all the ones would get done. And what I noticed was all the ones were getting done and none of the twos were getting done. None of the threes were getting done. Maybe the two turned into a one the next day. I bought a handy dandy, one of these guys. It's a panda planner. It's not anything, you know, humongously different or outrageously special or anything like that. I think it's special because I like, I just like the size of it and the way it had the layout and all that. It was easy for me to capture not just what I wanted to happen in that day, but what I wanted to happen in the next three months, in the next quarter, in the next month, in the next week. And to be able to capture that so that you're not just always fighting the daily firefight. Because being a business owner is drinking from a fire hose nonstop every day. You are running around and you're chicken with your head cut off trying to just take care of what has to be done. And when you're working in your business, you can't work on your business. So what I do is every year we have a strategic planning meeting. So it's coming up next month and we sit down and we lay out the next three and five years, what our projections are, what we want, we think we want to do. And then what I do is I take those, those are published with our our board of directors and my mentors and and all that. And what I do is I take those in bite sizes and break them down. And this is what I said I was going to do. The only way to get to a million, an extra million dollars in sales is for me to make sales calls or for me to, you know, I need six more builders to be able to do this, to be able to refer their business to my business. And these are how many appointments I need in that day. So I just chunk it, chunk it and break it down because if you're not doing that, you're an employee, you're not the employer anymore.
0: When you had items on your list that you didn't get to, and you said they just kept going on your list, what did you do? What did you do to alleviate that?
1: I'll let you know.
0: <laughs> Once I figure it out, I'll let you know. The thing
1: I love about One Supply is that they offer me ownership in my company. Not only do they teach me how to run my company, not only do they back me, finance, right. like all of the inventory and the opening and all that stuff. Not only do I have health insurance and legal and things like that. But I also am able to offer that same thing to my employees. So my employees are able to buy into my company and become owners. Now I know not everything is structured like Wind Supply. You know, if you have a, a small business, for example, and you've got ten employees, five employees, whatever, it, I think it's probably a l- really scary to to do something like that to offer ownership for that. But I did it. Because that's just how the wind supply model is. And I think if I ever, you know, were to do anything else after this or whatever, that I would still want to do that same thing. Because what it did, I went to my employees and I said, Hey, do you want to buy stock in our company? And they were like, I don't know. It's expensive. I got to buy it, you know, like, I don't know. I, I'm not all about that. I'm like, okay, but what if you were an owner then, and what if we we were owners together, and, and what if we had meetings and we we talked about things like the financials, and you know about like all the profits, and you know how to manipulate them then, right? Like, oh, we can just do more sales in this, and we can cut costs here. What if we did that? Would, would they're that invested, matter? literally? Yes, and they were like, ah. Oh all right, all right, all right, we'll try it. And everybody kind of just bought one share. Right. And then we started having these meetings and they're like, well, what does that mean? And we're going over these big, you know, you know, P and L's and they're like, I, you know, I've never seen this before. So what does that mean? And what does this mean? And what is this ratio? And how do we change that? Why is this so high? Right. So once they got invested And anybody can invest like anybody that any of my employees with driver, I had a driver once that that was invested, they can ask these questions, we can talk about it. And we can figure out how to, to manipulate and change and make those business decisions as a team, life changing, hands down life changing, because at that point, before you have invested, whether it's through shares or, or wh- however you want to do it before you have invested employees you have employees they clock in they clock out they don't take this stuff home with them they don't worry about they don't worry about any of that but once they are invested they they take ownership of what they're doing they care a lot about what they're doing they care a lot about what someone else is doing and the whole environment changes the whole culture changes the way that they work together and try harder to understand the other person instead of having arguments that changed everything completely transformed at that point
0: culture is such a big part of any business you can you can have a great culture, or you can have a poor culture and people leave. Yeah, quickly. quickly. And I've done it with different companies that I was in, I was in corporate America for over a decade. And I'll tell you, some of those cultures were toxic. And some were fantastic. I I don't know, it's just a very different environment when you have um, that toxicity versus that really inviting culture.
1: Same. I mean, same before I joined the military. Like I had these, you know, I had so many different jobs. Like there was at one point I was working three different jobs, you know, (laughs) And it's just that it's a huge change, like who you're working for, because you can have friends, you know, like the other employees can be your friends or whatever. You can make friends wherever you go, but who you're working for and, and the tone of the business just, just bleeds through the walls almost like that culture is the company. That culture is the brand that culture is like what the messages are being put out to the employees. If the message is shut up and do your job then that's felt, you know, but if the message is, hey, you're in this with me. So you have a say in what happens and I value your opinion and I value what you say and I value your experience, then that also bleeds through.
0: I love that. I love every part of this. You know, we are running out of time. I want to ask you just a few quick questions at the end here. What's your favorite personal development book?
1: (laughs) I hate this question because um, I think it changes. It changes every day because I don't want to say- And that's that okay. What's the f- What's your
0: favorite book that you're reading right now? Because I so- just want our listeners to say, okay, I can add this to my, to my Audible reader. list or I can yes. add this to my Libby list.
1: Yes. I, right now I'm reading Dare to Lead. A couple of years ago, I, I really got into David Goggins. So anything that he writes is awesome. Usually a tearjerker, but right now I'm reading Dare to Lead. What I would say about this one is, like, I thought it was a good- leader like I'm like yeah I was in the military I'm a good leader I know how to listen right listening skills yeah I got it no I got so much to learn that's what I'm working on
0: right now leadership is such a growth process I think is. everything regarding life and business we can learn every day We can learn something new every day. It's not just like a check, like, okay, check. I learned that. I took that class. (laughs) So funny. That's what our kids think. Check, mom. Yeah, exactly. What's the best advice you've ever received?
1: Okay. So the best advice that I ever received was actually really heavy and it has nothing to do with entrepreneurship. It had nothing to do with any of that. It was just, I was in a really bad spot in my life um, just as a woman and as a person and you know, a, a young person and my friend grabbed me by the shoulders and she was like, is this what you want your life to look like? Like forever, if this is it and it's never going to change and nothing is ever, ever, ever going to change. Are you okay with that? And I was like, no. And she said, okay. So get off your butt and change it. And I'm like, oh, right. It's so simple. Like,
0: oh, yeah. well, it sounds simple, but it's hard.
1: It's really hard,
0: really hard emotionally.
1: And when somebody put that into perspective for me of like, you have a choice here. Not only do you have a choice here, but forever, forever, you're only on this earth for a blip. You're only here for a, a, a tiny amount of time what are you doing? And that's what she was saying. What are you doing wasting your time here? You know, you don't hear that a lot of times. What you hear is forever. It's never going to (laughs) change. That's what opened my eyes.
0: Oh yeah. And you can change. You can change anything you want to change. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was it. I love that. What's your favorite app or system that you use to streamline one of your everyday tasks? Maybe it's your calendar, but you mentioned that earlier. But what's your favorite? What's your favorite yeah. system?
1: So I really like, you know, the calendar. I, I live by my calendar, my Google Calendar. My I also really love Monday.com. It's re- super helpful. Monday.com is um, good for organizing projects and things and tasks to do, especially when you have multiple people working on something and trying to remember little details about multiple different projects. And the other one is HubSpot. I really like HubSpot as a CRM. I think it's a, a much more powerful 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 CRM than um, some of the others out there.
0: All right, Crystal. Thanks so much for being on the MRS podcast and have an awesome day. And I'm sure we'll get together and hopefully have you on again, because I know there's more to your journey. There's so much more we could talk about.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thanks again.